0: BMGM, everyone. Good morning, good morning. I'm so happy to be here. And I see we have Quanta and ER Donaldson joining us and Rihanna Morgan. And actually, this is Rihanna Morgan. I am standing in for CD Domitio, our founder and editor. Um, of Vagabond Magazine. And so I just want to say good morning to everyone and see if we want to jump in and start with some introductions all around.
1: GM, everyone. Sounds great, Rihanna. Thanks for being here and thanks for taking the lead. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and get started with mine. I am E.R. Donaldson. I am the managing editor for Vagabond Magazine.
2: Hello, hello. Happy Monday, everybody. You know, I, I love that we meet this way at the start of the week. Um, you know, it's like having coffee and conversation with the Web3 family, and it's, it's so amazing. Um, I am Quanta. I'm the fashion editor for Vagabond magazine.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Quanta and ER. It's so great to be here with you, and I love starting the week off this way. And so I want to jump in really quick and see if there's any new news before we start talking about the October issue, if there's any new news in Web3, and if there's anything that you've run across over the weekend or anything that's popped up in your news feed today. And so please jump in and share.
1: No news, but a personal update. You know, so for uh, the work with the magazine, I've been uh, starting to do some more stuff with uh, video games and um, seeing what we're going to be Doing there going forward, have a uh, nice little piece for the uh, year-end uh, review that I want to run by CD here next time he's on. So CD, here's your news. Um, you got something coming from me. Uh, but I've been going back through some of the uh, older uh, Web3 games that I had been following at a time where the price to entry was just too exorbitant to, uh, to jump in. And now... Um, You you still have uh, scaling depending on what level you're going to get into, but um, I'm finding that a lot of the old entries that I had been following are now affordable to enter in at a basic level so that you can try out the system and see how you like it and then escalate your investment from there. So. In 2024, I'm looking at, looking forward to doing some more of that. You know, one, one, one of the nice things, you know, one of the few nice things about uh, kind of the Web3 recession we've been in is that it has decreased the barrier to entry on the financial side. So looking forward to doing that very soon.
2: Um, I have been uh, tied up with my RR, IRL uh, career uh, this last week. I mean, it's wedding season time, so... I've been like really crunching it with orders at the moment. So I haven't been able to uh, really dive into the fashion, uh, Web3 fashion. But yes, there are like two things that um, I need to check out and they are on my to-do list. One is um, DressX has, um, uh, they have introduced an AI tool where, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you upload a photo and you can um, uh, you can uh, you can use any one of their wearables on your photo and I believe that they look so natural uh, it doesn't look like it is you know put on the on on an image uh, earlier when these this used to be done by uh, Uh, by artists who had to adjust the garment to the image uh, to the photo I mean it is um, a three-quarter view or you're sitting or you're standing but I believe that this they've done a phenomenal job with this and this is something I'm really excited to check out.
0: Oh man, that sounds exciting. So ER, I'll start with yours and talk about your your thoughts on barrier to entry there with being able to join in on these different experiences and these different platforms and these different games. And that is so exciting. And I really feel like that um, eliminating a barrier to entry is really a lot of what Web3 does anyway. And I know that there are things that are cost prohibitive for a lot of people coming into the space or it has been, you know, in the different markets that we've been experiencing. But I really, I really think that if you are a writer coming into the space and you want to share your work, that there's not really a barrier to that entry. If you're, if you are an artist, if you are all of these different all of these different creators coming into the space, there's home for them. And so that's just so exciting to me. And it's so exciting to know that there are these new, experiences that you're getting to be involved with and so I can't wait to hear hear more about that and then Quanta I, I can't wait for you to do an article on this because that would be wonderful to be able to see um, the compare and contrast of what you were talking about how the, how the wearables look so much more natural now versus what they used to look like and how the technology is really catching up and being really exciting and so thank you both for sharing that and then I have kind of an interesting one. Every once in a while as a writer, I jump in and I do like an incognito Google search of, um, Rihanna Morgan and just to see what is popping up here and there. And I'm going to save what I found on myself Um, for Web3 Writers Hour tomorrow because it's really sort of amazing. But today for Vagabond Magazine, I just jumped in and I I just did a Google search on Web3 News. And I was so Amazed by the kinds of things that I saw. Of course, there's cryptocurrency news and Bitcoin and eth and and all of those kind of things jumping up. But then there it, there are those more to ask kind of questions like, are we in Web three yet? Um, what is Web three? of course, and where's the best best place to get Web three news? And here, of course, with us is one of the best places to get Web three news because we talk about Web3 News as a lifestyle and not just a monetary piece. We talk about people living and working and growing in the space. And so we have um, a larger and wider view. And then there's just all sorts of things. Can Web3 change the world? Why are people moving to Web3? Um, and so, what companies are leading in Web3? And so, it was just really sort of interesting all of these different pieces, and everything is really leaning towards the positive. And the people who, the, the, I just, it's just so exciting. Like every single time I read one of these and every single time I return to one, I'm just like, ah, yay. Yay. This is so, this is so wonderful because I think back to different things that we've seen throughout our lifetime. And because I'm old enough to remember when the internet wasn't necessarily the internet and people were like, what is this place? And what is this thing? And I can remember sending my first email and being like, this is really interesting. And what is this? How does this work? And, and so, Oh yes. an ER, I see your hand is up. So yeah, let's go for it.
1: No, I just, I, I wanted, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just, uh, wanted to jump in, but, uh, yeah, I too remember when the internet was kind of like, what is this thing? I actually wrote a paper for a, social studies uh uh, civics kind of competition that was uh centered on frontiers and at the time the internet was the new frontier and looking at the at the time very brief history on it and uh at that time i remember playing with the geo city sites and I, i just you know again didn't didn't mean to to stop you there but um it's really interesting getting to do it Again, you know, and having really seen it with Web 2 back before things like Facebook were were open to everybody back when it was just a college audience. Back when Twitter was this new thing that kept everybody distracted from our undergraduate classes. So, um, you know, re- really kind of cool getting to see this happening in for the third time.
0: Oh, I know. I know. And, and I just really feel like that it's going to people are so technology. Um comfortable, comfortable with technology. I don't know what, what phrasing would be best for that. But I think that the transition from the initial Internet to a Web 3 won't be as difficult, won't be as difficult for everyone. Yes. And Quanta, I see you had your hand up.
2: Uh, yeah, sorry to butt in. But, um, you know, my first experience of the Internet was, do you all remember the movie The Net uh, with Sandra Bullock? yes oh my god yes yes yes. and i saw i saw that and i i was in school and i had i still i just didn't understand i didn't understand it one bit but then when like when you started when i started using the internet that's when it's like you know um it came through but yeah that was my first first experience of the internet
0: Yeah, that's really amazing. And and my first entrance into the web3 space was actually watching the movie Ready Player One. And I watched it years ago like right after it came out and I was just like this is the most amazing thing, the most amazing story and and I just wouldn't that be cool if it were real so that people could be, you know, I really feel like that we can really be who we are in spaces like this because We're not weighed down by the trappings of everyday life of having to look a certain way or be a certain way or, you know, show up for a meeting in fancy clothes and people are like, well, you know, I mean, there's so much judgment in the real world. And I just feel like that that's not. That's not what we get here. We get our real, real selves, even though, you know, we have never met in real life. None of us here in this space today. And so I just, it just feels more freeing in some instances. And so, yes, let's pass the mic around again.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean Ready Player One is is definitely kind of like the pinnacle of like where you want to go. In, in, in some aspects, I mean, you got to remember there there were, were some dystopian things there, but you know, as a gamer, um, you know, the way they uh they did the fusion of sci-fi and fantasy and the escapism and being able to create this online persona that you very much became in a real way, those are all super cool things and I think that uh, to To a degree, you're going to see that be adopted as a stated goal here in um, in the Web three space. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how some of the uh, the broader communities, like um, you know Sandbox or Roblox, um, are, are two that two that come to mind right off right the hand. You know of being hubs where you can jump in kind of like with ready player one and um, join a variety of, of different scenarios. Um, you know, at the same time with the, the direction that Web3 is taking, you know, really taking the decentralized space, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that manifests differently from from that vision as well because if you if you guys remember the story it was just this one company that 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 owned the world and it was one platform and and here you have much more democratization uh which i think is going to be really cool um before i pass to to quanta real quick i i want to you know touch back on a subject that that um we were discussing earlier with the barrier to entry and yeah, I think that that was really a thing. I remember it being a thing for me, not as a artist looking to get their material out into web three, but in trying to be a collector as well. Um, I'm thinking, you know, pandemic 2020, 2021 times, it was really, really expensive to jump in and try to um just get a feel for the space and see how you like it and see the benefits and again you know i mentioned i was i'm going back to these web three three games and i was like yeah you know i'd love to play but you know maybe showing showing my age but uh pc gamer you know i would remember would come out with these cds that would have demos that you you could uh, trial their different software. I think PlayStation Magazine might have had something similar. I know I you know I was getting you know demo CDs somewhere where you could jump in and test out software before you made that I think at the time it was a forty or a fifty dollar commitment what new games are running for like sixty or seventy these days <clears throat> but for Web3, especially in, in the gaming and, you know, whether it's play to earn or, or just Web3 gaming in, on the blockchain, you know, to invest hundreds of dollars in a system that you can't get a feel for is just not something that the general consumer is, is going to want to trial. And, and that was the way that a year ago, these uh, may, maybe two years ago, t- time seems compressed these days, these, uh, <laughs> the, these platforms were operating under. So I, I actually think that the new environment is more appropriate. And, and once we start getting some, some really high quality products out there, some really high quality communities, I bet, uh, I bet you you're going to see these things take off.
2: Yeah, you know, I love where this conversation is veering to, towards. towards. Um, like, I have a question. Do you all think that um, would you equate Web three to gaming? I mean, I'm not talking about the metaverse. I'm talking about Web three, the technology. And Riona, um, you were talking about, um, you know, uh, how you can be who you want to be here, just like Ready Clear Me. You have um, uh, you know, you you have your avatar, you have your own identity. Um, is that what Web3 is?
0: That is a great question. That is a great question. I feel like that we, gosh, and I, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what it's going to evolve to become, but I really feel like right now when I visit other spaces, when I visit other activities. When I talk with other creatives in the space that they just feel more open. And I will get a DM from someone who I've been talking with, you know, periodically, um, for, you know, two or three months, maybe I just met them. And then they will send me something that says, thank you so much for being so kind, or thank you so much for introducing me to this platform, or thank you so much for introducing me to this other writer. And I just, I've been a writer such a long time. And I, and my personality as a person hasn't changed, but I feel like the, the response that I'm receiving in web three when I do share, when I do give, that there is gratitude given back. And that's not always the case, sadly, in real life with other writers. They see me as competition, even though there's billions of readers in the world. You know, there's enough readers for everybody to have, you know, their thousand true fans or whatever. There's enough. And and I think it's okay that we build each other up. And not not think. I know it's okay that we build each other up, that we help each other, that that we lift each other. But that sentiment is so much in Web three, but it's not so much in in IRL in in Web two land. And and so I just feel like that in Web three we get to we get to you know that saying, "Be the change you want to see in the world." Well. We're doing it. We're doing it all, all of the time, every day here. And it's just, I feel so lucky to be able to be part of this conversation every single time, every single time we get to talk about this. And so I don't know, Quanta, if that's an answer to your question, but that's my sentiment. So thanks. Thank you. What do you guys think?
1: I mean, some of it comes down to your definition of a game, right? Um, You know, because you guys got to remember, you know, Sims, is a game. Um, Second life is something that I, I don't have personal experience experience with, but I, but I have friends that have developed huge communities over there. Those are technically video games. Um, really what it is, is it's this virtual environment, right? And uh, you know, just to run back to ready player one, you know, they use that platform Yes, for gaming, which is where a lot of the the really good story elements came into play. But they also used it for things like school. um and and it was just this milieu that you could go out and have your virtual existence in. So it's like, so is web three a game? I mean, I think that gamification of anything um is, is a positive for people with my personality type. You know, I, I used to compete with test scores. Now, my wife, on the other hand, um, d- doesn't like those things. <laughs> so um, I, I think the answer is going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, I think for the individuals who like the competitive and the gamification aspects of life in general, I think they'll apply Web3 to that to that aspect, but I think that those who do not um like those kind of things, then I, I think there'll be freedom to um express express themselves in other ways and essentially what I'm viewing as you know the the virtual reality overlay over our, our current existence.
2: Yeah, I think that that makes that makes complete sense. I mean, uh, Web three, like uh, CD, always says it's not just one thing. It's like many things, and we are still defining it, you know. And I, I think the best part of it is that each one comes with their own, um, you can call it agenda, to be here, and each one experiences it, um, you know the way that they want to experience it. So there isn't one true definition of it. Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, I love what you said.
0: Yes, excellent. Great conversation, you guys. This is wonderful. But we probably ought to, you know, turn our eyes towards the October issue. And so let me reset the room here really quick and remember what we're all doing here. And so, yes, this is VMGM. This is Rihanna Morgan. Um, Leading the show today, Uh, our editor and publisher, Vagabond, for Vagabond Magazine, C.D. Domitio, is out today. And so we have with us here, Quanta, she's our fashion editor, and E.R. Donaldson is our managing editor. And so I just want to, let's zoom back to what we've put together this month for our readers and our fans out there in the web3 lifestyle and so quanta can you jump in and talk a little bit about because we didn't get to talk about it very much last time the vagabond magazine
2: playlist will you jump in and chat about that a little bit oh sure um so this was the october issue was um a music issue and i think it just made sense that we Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in the word gamification here. Uh, have fun with the issue where the community gets involved also um, while the issue is um, uh, getting churned out. So um, and music is such a thing that it can it can define a situation, it can define a person, it can define your emotions. And I thought it's something that, uh, you know, how would you define Vagabond magazine if it was set to music, if there was a song or there was a music piece, uh, what do you think uh, speaks Vagabond magazine? You know, because it's not just a publication, it is much more. Uh, And... Uh, you know, we had these amazing songs and um, it's, it's like, um, I mean, there's not just one genre. It, it goes like slow, it goes heavy metal, it goes country, it's gone jazz. So it's, it, you know, it's so exciting to see that uh, the community, what the Vagabond uh, Magazine community feels about Uh, feels about VM that's how it came to be and so this playlist is on Spotify and um, yeah I mean it's great if you can check it out um, and just just like um, you know listen to it with uh, don't even check out what song comes after the other just go with the flow oh you know go ahead go ahead
1: I was just going to reiterate the eclectic nature. You know, I was opening up my copy and, and reviewing the playlist. And when this was getting put together, when the uh, the first song that was kind of submitted, I think is Surfing in the USA, the Beach Boys, I unfortunately kind of uh, sat back and was like, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out because if that's, if that's the vibe we're going for, uh, that's not my jam. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up with some I- IRL stuff. That kind of kept me away as it was developing, but then you know you you look at like the last three that are listed in the issue um, are from Tool, which is totally uh, (laughs) totally my uh, my my domain. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I probably could have gotten something in there, Um, and I just love how eclectic the tastes are and it's really a uh representation of the people you're going to find in this web3 community right here it's uh it is not a one-size-fits-all thing it, it is quite eclectic
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. And I, I love all types of music. I'm not a musician in any way. I'm not musically inclined, but I love to listen to music and I love to listen to what other people enjoy listening to. And it always is fun to see. It's a hint towards their personality. And so I just love, I love that. And then this morning I was like, "Oh, I'm going to see how tech savvy I am and see if I can't figure out how to play this when the space started. Well, Clearly I did not make that work. I apologize for that. And so maybe our tech editor next time he pops in, he can teach me how to do that because I think it would be wonderful if our music actually opened our show. So we'll work on that um, everybody. And so, yes, thank you quanta so much for sharing that. And then yeah, um, E.R. Donaldson, if you wouldn't mind jumping in and talking. I know last time we may have mentioned it a little bit, but I really want you to jump in and share. You have such a deep knowledge of gaming and looking at your article that you wrote on Mortal Kombat, and you can maybe skip some of the spoilers, but if you want to dive into that a little bit more and talk to us about you know, tell us about your journey. Tell us about what you experienced on this path. And so I'm really intrigued.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. I'd, I'd be more than happy to. So uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, I, I kind of opened the article a little bit with my my background with the Mortal Kombat franchise. And, you know, early, early memories, different things stick out for different people. But, uh, you know, one, one of the things that, uh really stuck out for me early on was bonding with specifically my father and um actually my my grandmother over a lot of these games and on the um NES the Nintendo Entertainment System and then the Super Nintendo SNES systems and on uh, SNES I had this fighter game that i'm certain my father bought for himself because surely he wouldn't have have bought it for his uh you know five six year old son um at the time when it was released uh and it was honestly it was too hard for me and then i you know grew up and it's like okay you know getting more into gaming as i as i went over and i came back and i played it and It was like okay i was able to beat this and then uh You know, not necessarily a point of pride, but um, as uh, I was entering into middle school, early high school, um, being part of some of the bootlegging culture there, I got to play a wide variety of games, and one of them was Mortal Kombat 3. Well really enjoy really enjoyed that watched the movies and how how this uh franchise went through and like had the total 90s Mortal Kombat experience and then kind of stepped away for a little bit after after high school well then I came back when they rebooted the franchise and uh that was the ninth edition of of the mainline games and it was cool because they went back and replayed all the events of the uh original trilogy of games in, um, in kind of an altered timeline mode. And they had uh, this new story mode where it wasn't just you selecting your fighter and working through the tower of opponents as it had been in the games that I was familiar with you actually got to walk through and your characters were selected for you and you were in charge of progressing the story by winning the the different fights, the different challenges there. Well, they've kept this up and they, they've progressed it for um, two more entries, Moral Combat X and then Moral Combat Mortal um, 11, kept advancing the story. And then, uh, you know, not... Again, small spoilers for Mortal Kombat 11, but if you're one one edition behind, I think you're 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 probably okay with spoilers at this point. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 ends again, kind of resetting the timeline, and so that brings you to the new game, which is called Mortal Kombat One. And I was kind of expecting more of a fresh reboot with with the franchise, where it was a little bit less of an acknowledgement to what had come before. And that wasn't the case uh, when I found and played it and I beat it on launch day, uh, something I very rarely do with video games, but I was really stoked about this edition. Um, There is definitely a reboot feel, so it's not an impossible thing to be able to jump on as a new player, Um, but I kind of wax poetic um, throughout the article discussing the things that worked and didn't work with the way they approached this this new um, this new edition and making it a reboot but kind of also not a reboot so again I'd, I'd love for you guys to read the article um, even though I, I do apply some criticisms I want to emphasize the game is definitely worth playing. Um, if you if you like the fighter genre at all, Um, You know, and even some uh, low-level kind of RPG elements uh, integrated into it as well. Uh, So it's definitely worth playing. I I think it's a very good game. Uh, My article just really kind of centers on the story and the storytelling choices that I found interesting or even potentially detrimental. So I had a lot of fun playing the game, a lot of fun writing the article. So um, be sure to check it out.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. I really did enjoy reading your article and I really enjoy hearing you talk about gaming. My son, one of my favorite memories of him growing up is him actually playing Mortal Kombat. And I am not, I don't have great hand eye coordination. And so I'm a million miles behind whatever it is that needs to be happening um, in the game. And so I'm not a good video game player. I'm an amazing video game watcher though. (laughs) Um, except for with him because somehow or another if he you know he's playing the game and going along and it looks like he his character is going to be in danger I just have a very hard time um, handling that he's in danger And so he's actually said mom please don't watch me play please you know don't don't come in and sit on the couch beside me and watch me play and because I get too panicked and then I mess him up and then his character dies and then he's upset <laughs> so, Um, Thank you so much for that lovely walk down memory lane um, with him. And so then, um, Quanta, do you want to jump in? Do you have video game thoughts?
2: Uh, I'm not a video game player at all. Uh, I think I'm like you. I like, I watch. (laughs) I have two little nieces right now. And um, the games they play are, are like, Okay, as much as I can take it, it's it, it, these are not fighting games, so it's, it's all right for me. <laughs> but I, uh, I'd like to know how old is Model Combat actually? I mean, when was the first one out?
1: I, I think I put the release date in my article just a second. Let's skim it here. Um, I mean, it's it's over 30 years old, the franchise, uh, because it's roughly my age. Um, yeah, so I'd say ballpark numbers about 30 years
2: Wow oh my god I I would have thought like okay 10 years 30 years it's like um, you know you have these uh, fashion houses these legendary fashion houses it feels like that when you say 30 years model combat <laughs> I have to I, I haven't read your article I'm sorry it's the last space you mentioned don't you have to play it and then read it. So I said, okay, I'm gonna find out from somebody, (laughs) and then I'm gonna get into, I'm gonna get down to read it. But you know, yeah, I I need to really check this game out.
1: (laughs) So what you could actually do right now uh, with the stream culture, there is a great way that I've caught up on a lot of games that I haven't had the time to play. And you can actually go see full playthroughs or even like just story cutscene playthroughs of different video games on YouTube. There, there's a lot of streamers out there who have that. So it's like if you just wanted a flavor and then to get an essence for the story, uh, I, I'm certain somebody has a a full youtube um uh a full playthrough out there so and then then i did look it up it looks like it was 1992 this came out so yeah almost exactly 30 years so um kind of crazy
2: great i'm gonna i'm gonna look at the youtube videos definitely
0: so fun so fun yes my children love watching the the streaming of all of the different people who are playing games and and you know, the, the older generation beyond ours are like, what are they doing? And, you know, I just, I I am a friend of technology. And so I really like all of these different experiences that are, that are, that we get to experience and that our kids get to experience. And, and so, but before I talk about Um, The thing that I want to talk about today with one of our guest writers to Vagabond Magazine, Quanta, your feature this month really brings fashion and music together in a beautiful way. And so I really want you to spend some time talking about how you put this article together. And then I wish all of you, listening now or in the future could see how beautiful her layouts are. Um, and so please, please, um, grab a copy, um, to look at this. And ER Donaldson has amazing, amazing artwork also. And it's just, it's just a piece of art that this magazine itself, but Quanta, please jump in and share, um, words with about your article.
2: Sure, yes. Um, so basically, um, fashion and music uh, they share uh, sort of like a symbiotic relationship. I mean, in the sense that they enhance each other. Um, uh, you know, so we have music, we have music icons, and we have style icons. And then most often, music icons uh, by by their profession or by the self-definition, they become style icons. So, um, you know, you'll have, I mean, if you think of uh, somebody like Michael Jackson, there is an image that you have, you know, okay, he'll be in a military jacket, he'll be with those uh, crop, you uh, you know uh, trousers with the little white socks showing earlier he used to wear penny loafers and then there is the single white glove in his right hand um, so um, you know uh, they have um, they they create a fashion uh, statement in themselves and you cannot separate the fashion from the artist as, and from their song. Now, some songs become iconic because, like, take, I, I will take the example of Michael Jackson again. If you remember the Thriller video, and he was in this red jacket. And the moment you think of the song Thriller, and then, you know, it's Michael Jackson, and you see him in that red jacket, and that red jacket was such a rage in the eighties um, so you know you have music artists like Michael Jackson, you have Prince um, you have Elton John but uh, everybody every artist does not have such eccentric styles but every every music artist they have a personal style and that style is um, becomes the fashion statement, and that you like. I would never. I I, I don't think I, I would ever see um, Bruce Springsteen dress up as Michael Jackson. You know, um, that's what I mean. Uh, that becomes fashion, and that is what I have um, ta- um I've tapped into in this article. How they both. Um, uh, you know the the combination, the um, collaboration of fashion and music, it is so spectacular. I mean, you see it on the stage. When you see a fashion show, it is hard to imagine a fashion show without music. Um, you can't you can't imagine the models walking down the runway without a beat, you know, to um, guide their steps. And um, we're talking about Music. We also have uh, fashion merchandise, like um, we have uh, caps and T-shirts. You know, they have like uh, the either the latest album that is printed on it, and they are um, the band's logo. Now, if you you know the Rolling Stones, uh, the logo of the Rolling Stones, the Lips, uh, that is the most. I feel it's the most famous logo in the history of music bands. And um, you see fashion with that logo. And it kind of becomes like a cult. You know, it's almost like wearing slogan fashion. Um, it's, it's It's like a statement. Whether you've been to their concert or whether you follow them or not, it just becomes like some kind of a symbol. Um, and then uh, the article goes into the metaverse. It takes this this combination of fashion and music into the metaverse. Um, and in the metaverse, uh, the artists have brought their IRL personalities. It, what was so amazing is that it is um, exactly the same, the, their avatars, like uh, Travis Scott had the same tattoos, um, you know, with his iconic, um, Puffy Link Gucci chains and his uh, cactus Jack pendant. Uh, even um, I, I uh, wrote about Marshmallow Also, his was the first Metaverse concert, so with he, he was wearing his Amiri pants and his white T-shirt. Of course, he had his white helmet on, but everything, like the same personality, has come into the metaverse, and um, so. And the metaverse is uh, is an environment which is which has no boundaries to the way you dress, to the way you express, to the um, music environment that is created. So the. The show that is there, the music and fashion, the the combination that is there in the metaverse, it takes on another level altogether. So this is this is what I have um, I dived in in uh, the October issue, and there is also a section where. Um, um, Fashion artists, digital fashion artists, have created fashion looks that are inspired by music. So they have uh, taken a song and they have interpreted that song into a fashion, um, how they feel that it personified, how they feel the song gets personified best. And um, we will be having these fashion artists in v- on BMGM next
1: monday so i'm really looking forward to that too yeah i just want to jump in here real quick quanta i mean excellent summary and and i i couldn't agree more and i was laughing and nostalgic and 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 all the things uh when you're talking about especially like the band t-shirts because i mean that was you know i I was a hot topic kid so i you know all the black t-shirts with the different logos but then yeah the concert tees it was like um you know to bring it into web 3 it was a po app before there was a po app because when i had my music as a weapon 3 uh t-shirt people knew i was there and saw disturbed live and and that was just awesome you know and of course you know you're gonna spend inordinate amounts of money for the merch uh to show you were there so i i definitely can see how this kind of thing is going to bleed into and, and, and synergize with web three going forward. Cause I mean, you know, we had Emily Lazar on last week and, and her providing some utility there. I think you're going to see more and more bands step up because if, you know, with the cost of, of tickets, um, and and the integration and the ability to interface and track with your fandoms, I think Web three and NFTs in general have a huge potential for future development.
2: I love how you how you said like these were Po apps before Web three Po apps came by. Yes, one hundred percent. I agree. I agree one
0: hundred percent that you know I I love attending concerts and grabbing a T shirt and. And then, you know, as time goes by, when the band um, fades from popularity or um, a lead singer passes or whatever, though, those t-shirts become a treasure and maybe I don't wear them anymore, but I keep them in my closet and, and look at them and think fondly on that memory. And I just really feel like that that will be something that um, Web3 will definitely be able to embrace and vice versa. And um that we'll have will have opportunities to keep and and collect those those memories that way in a digital fashion. And, you know, when you were talking about Michael Jackson and thinking about the 80s and what was popular and, you know, I can't help but think of other iconic people like Cindy Lauper and Madonna and how their looks and their styles were so so big and you know, you could just, you could wear one thing and, and somebody was like, Oh, that looks like Madonna. And, um, I just think that that's, that is such, such a beautiful marriage with fashion and music. And, and, um, I think that you did a perfect job in your article, illuminating all of that just so that we can see, see how those things, um, go together. And so thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your passion with all of that. And so, um, I want to jump into maybe what we'll probably talk about here for the final piece. We have a new writer that's joined us in Vagabond Magazine, She goes by, um, let me see mom, wife, sister, me, and she has found her home on Instagram and she may be joining a Twitter soon, but her following on Instagram is, is, alive and well. And she is a mom that is in the joining the web three space because her children and her family members, things like that are involved in web three. And so she was just really interested in seeing what it's like and, and what it does. And, um, and so she wrote an article for us this time. Let me pull it up really quick so we can kind of talk through it. Um, she is a big proponent of technology and it finding its way into the hands of our future generations so that they have an opportunity to really utilize it. And so this article here talks about starting the school year back to school with chat GPT. And I know that all through academia that there's all sorts of opinions on chat GPT and there's all sorts of opinions with teachers and students and, and all of this. And her, her take is really to boil it down into just a few sentences is that artificial intelligence, chat GPT, these different tools are not going anywhere. And to help prepare our students, our children, our nieces and nephews for the future, it would behoove us uh, to teach them how to utilize these tools so that they are not left behind and that she actually says neglecting to teach this valuable tool would be a disservice. And so I just am really interested in what you guys think and talk through this. And um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to read her article or not, but I found it really intriguing. So I'm interested in, in what you guys think.
1: So, so I've got something on this, Um, you know, uh, for those of you who may not know right now, my, my children are still fairly young. My oldest will be five in February, but my wife and I are talking about homeschooling the children. And I've been a huge proponent of, into integrating technology into the learning space, I think about my work experience, and I didn't ma- major in programming. Uh, right now, all of all the positions that I've ever had uh, have never been programming related. But I took Visual Basic and Java, and a variety of uh, programming classes along the way. Some of them self taught. And I've used that knowledge to give me a leg up in the completely unrelated uh, positions that, that I've ended up taking later on. So I definitely agree with exposure to technology as part of the education pro- process and integrating it. However, um, the, the metaphor that I, I had written down uh, related to chat GPT And the educational um, experience, it's kind of like graphing calculators in the late 90s, early 2000s. Because, uh, for example, and hopefully my, my high school isn't listening to this, so they'll revoke my grade. I went through geometry and advanced algebra with the best calculator that was available. I think it was a TI-89, but don't quote me on that. Um, and it actually had the functions built in that they were trying to teach us. And my, uh, instructor walked up and he'd never seen one of them before. And he looks at it and I just kind of play dumb. And like, he's like, oh, this is, this is pretty advanced. And I'm like, yeah, they've got a lot of things. But honestly, I, I don't look at it outside of the, outside of the games that are on there. And yeah, that's. You know, going back to my gamer thing, that's how sad it was. You know, one of the attracting features for a calculator was that you could play games on it. Um, In reality, I used it to ace my way through both of those courses. Not that I didn't learn the functions, but I was pretty error-proof because I had a calculator that could do them for me. Um, I would caution that tools like Chat GPT, while they need to be learned, there needs to be a method to integrate them into how you perform your tasks, I think that whenever we have something that makes things cognitively easier, we risk stunting our personal growth at the expense of using something as a crutch. So I think there needs to be a happy medium. I definitely think these things need to be integrated because you need to you need to find a way to make yourself technologically savvy and be able to use you know, the tools that are available to you. I mean, you know, for, for those of us who are older you know, listening or, or speaking on this, you know, I remember when Microsoft Office was cutting edge, and if you knew how to use Office, you were you know, at, at the top of the pile. My mom made her living for a long time teaching Microsoft Office to professionals. I think this is the same kind of thing. And it's really just finding the place for it and finding the proper utility. Uh, I think the risks that are out there right now is that there are many learners that are trying to use it to get out of learning, and that is very scary to me. But I do not think that's a reason to not expose our learners to to the technology. So, um, after, so I'll get off my soapbox here. I'm interested to hear what the rest of you think. Um,
2: I'm actually I'm. Um... Uh, I wonder how would you introduce technology to uh, kids? I mean, uh, my, uh, this was a few days ago. My niece is nine. And I shared with her that now ChatGPT is, you know, you can um, will be able to see and can hear and advise you according to what it, you, know, you show it. Um, and the example, I think this was something that C D had shared on the Discord, that um, somebody has a bicycle, they need to uh, raise the seat higher, and you just, um, you know, you, you just put your camera there and ask Chat G P T. Chat G P T tells you, okay, you need to use this, you need to take it higher up. If you don't have this, then. Um, the user opened up his toolbox and ChatGPT said no it's the tool on the left side it's not the tool on your right side so it was a bit scary and when i shared this with my with my niece and she's like why don't you why would you ask chat gpt why don't you ask a person so uh how would you answer something like that and it is scary i agree with er what he said about um you cannot stunt um, you know you can you cannot stunt someone's growth it cannot be your crux uh, yeah i think
0: so too mm-hmm. i think a balance in all things is really good and the approach i think that i would use would be to illustrate you know, just like just like as if you were teaching a student to write an informative paragraph or write some sort of narrative or write a poem, I think utilizing the writing tools that exist within their own mind and their own imagination and then utilizing as a backup something like the dictionary or something like the thesaurus or or something like having it be a tool rather than it being the full form and function of what's happening and um, finding that balance of being able to, to say, no, I'm the writer giving the, giving the, the individual, the power to be like, no, I'm the writer. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to say. This is my imagination. This is my piece. And then popping into chat GPT to see, you know, what would someone say if they were in this situation, give me 10 examples. And then looking at whatever chat GPT pops out and that might illuminate something that you would be like, well, well, I might be able to use something like this, but then really write what you, what that writer would like to say, or what that creator would like to say or do. And so that that's my thought process on that. And then secondarily another, another benefit that I see of chat GPT. And I was in a space months ago when I was talking to another group of professional writers and, um, one of the writers brought up, can't we see it? Like, um, um, if we hired a ghostwriter, or can't we see chat GPT as something as, formulating or outlining or something doing like the, the, that bulk of the work. So then we can take that piece and then modify it to how we want. And then a a third thing is there are lots of people who don't have the ability to sit at a computer and type out like the rest of us do. They may, they, they may need to, speak into something or utilize different abilities that they do have, but they still have stories within themselves. And so I just really think that allowing Chat GPT to be a tool for them as well is very powerful so that um, a person who may not be able to tell a story 10 years ago or three years ago now can because they can utilize, utilize chat GPT. And so I really feel like that there's so many facets to it, but that number one, the writer, the creator is the soul of what is being done. And so long as the learner realizes this and, and has that autonomy and independence to, to know, mm, I don't like what it's putting out. I want to do what I want to do, and I'm going to use it as a tool. So yes, Quanta, I'll pass it back to you.
2: Uh, yes, so I mean, what you mentioned um, about somebody who cannot sit at the computer and write, I think it's very similar to um, when you're using AI to generate um, fashion. Like I've come across many, many fashion designers and they cannot sketch out but they are able to create fashion i mean it's in their mind it, it is there but they cannot put it put it there you know and um, using um, ai tools there they can i mean they can express their what their vision and they've created some phenomenal outfits some phenomenal phenomenal collections and um, I think yes. When you mention a tool, I, I'm I'm like for this as a tool, but I also see that people have been um, a little wary and uh, about it taking taking over their role, you know. Uh, so as long as we we consider it as a tool, not as an entity, uh, it is supporting our vision. Uh, I think it's technology is just brilliant. I think so, too. I think so,
0: too. And if we have some new listeners in the audience here, Tom, and a a new Sixola. Sixella, If you guys would like to jump up and give your opinion, please do. Um, I'll leave the space open for a little bit, but we are winding down for the day. And I would love for you to come visit us again um, next week, same time, same place. And we can continue our conversation on chat GPT in schools and education and um, so, Quanta, you and I get to close the space here today, and so what? How do we want to end it? We want to <laughs> close it.
1: What
0: do we want to do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's gonna, it's gonna be like a girl. I mean, it's just gonna be us girls. <laughs> it
0: is gonna be us girls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's end it with some love and happiness spread around the
2: world. Yes, yes, yes. Um, loads and loads of love, lots of hugs, and have a fantastic week, um, fabulous day today. And I think we'll see you all soon next yes, Monday. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Much love, everyone. It's
0: been wonderful to see you and talk with you, and we can't wait till next time.